guys, welcome back to INC Live. This is Julian, and we have Jonas Bilharinho here today with us, coming off a, what was it, a body kick knockout in round, it was round three, two. right? Round two? Round two. 38 yeah. seconds of round two in the LFA. Yes. Um, yes, exactly. And you guys might know Jonas from his, it was a spinning wheel kick KO on Dana White's Contender Series in round one, right? Or round three? Round three. Round three towards the end, yeah. one minute left, yes. Yes, um, exactly. Impressive stuff. So I guess the obvious question before we get maybe into your background is, um, and I know you've talked about it before, but um, you did not get the contract from such a beautiful highlight on Dana White's contender series. I was wondering mm -hmm. if you have any comments about that or any thoughts about that. I think it wasn't the time I got, I got I, about, about my fighting style, about fight quality. I think I left no doubt, but the problem was the person I was after the, the fight. Maybe I was a little bit, pretentious during the interview i don't know I, i i feel this way nowadays you know i i saw the interview with another eyes not uh, recently mm -hmm. and i felt i felt like a little bit cocky a little bit arrogant you know by the time it, it, it was just a kid trying to be honest and a little bit overwhelmed by the place and the things that was happening okay we can get it but i think it, it, it didn't pleasure Dana White and I think he he was right actually nowadays I consider that if I was hired I probably would have would have gone down to a bad road you know so what I can say is that it's been a humbling road since that and I've learned it a lot and I think that for most for, for more bitter that it must be it's like for my own good you know Great, uh, great attitude to have for sure. So you went right over to the LFA. You had a title fight, five rounds. It didn't go your way. Um, yeah. I watched. I watched that fight. It's. Um, I mean, you're a warrior, man. I love your stance. You're. You're in it. Um, are you? Are you more of a striker? I'm actually not even sure. That's just based on watching your fights. I know that you, I saw you get some takedowns, get um, top position, but it seems like you're more of a striker, right? Yeah, I, I I prefer striking because usually I go better than my than my opponents on striking game. So usually, or they are wrestlers, or they become become wrestlers. So usually it goes in my favor, you know. But if I have to, I'm gonna put the opponent on the ground and try to submit him. My my first win, my my first two wins were submissions, one ninja choke and one rear naked choke. So I just I just I'm I'm just more of a striker. Because usually it goes in my way, but I, I love MMA, bro. I love transitions. So that, that leads uh, well into another question I think everyone um, wants to ask fighters is what does your training camp look like in terms of are you doing like 30% jujitsu, 30% striking, 30% wrestling, or how do you split your camp? I presume it depends on the opponent and where you are in your for sure, for sure depends. For sure depends on the opponent. We, we're looking to a target. And we try to mold our game to, to become the better athletes to beat that target, specific target, you know. So each training camp is crazy, bro. It's completely different. I'm sure, yeah. Um, hold on, let me get my, my list here. So when did you first decide, I want to fight, whether it's as an amateur professionally, but that you want to get in the cage and make a living out of that? I started practicing karate at three years old. My mom and father, they saw me imitating Jaspion and Jiraiya. I don't know if you know them, but I was in front of the TV watching this Japanese TV series. And I was like oh, imitating them. And my father and mother, 
thought that I could have a knack for that because the strikes were similar to the television. And they were like, oh, maybe this kid's going to be good at martial arts. Wow. And they didn't know, but by the time they were already helping me to, to build my profession, right? So I started on karate, went, went to capoeira, then jiu-jitsu, then a little bit of ninjutsu, boxing, muay thai, kickboxing. I, I like it to, to try new things. And I remember my mom calling my attention saying, hey, kid, this way you will never be good at nothing. You keep, ex you keep going everywhere. And she didn't know that one day <laughs> we'll write something named MMA, you know? Yeah, I put it all together. That's awesome. So when, when I've heard of Tino Guerra and I went there and I saw a professional training camp center and I, and I knew that I could mix everything I knew in one sport, I was in, I was in love with that. And I was like 16 years old, something like this. And when I was 18 years old, they invited me to join the professional team. I was doing statistics college by the time. So I dropped the college and went to become a professional fighter. Wow. Well, yeah. that answers my question because I was wondering, you know, at what age or what kind of ultimately led you to it. So you were mm -hmm. studying and then when you were 18, they're like, hey, man, come do this. It sounds a lot like Colby Covington, like Colby Covington was in school and then got into American Top Team, right? And then just oh, no more nice. school. Well, I think he graduated anyway, not to, not to change the topic, but um, uh -huh. that's a cool path because I know that some people fight from a very young age. So I was really curious yes. about that. And then another question I have, because so you're, you said it was your parents that got you into this. Do they, this is a hard question, but do they ever worry about like your health or things like that because of the career? My mom don't watch the fights. She, <laughs> she just goes to the, to the bathroom. I don't know why she goes to the bathroom. She could be anywhere, but she goes to the bathroom, bend the knees and keeps praying for wow. everything to go well. There was, there was this fight that my father forgot to let her know that the fight was ended. And my mom was like for something around two hours oh with the God. knees bent on the, on the, on the floor of the, the bathroom because you thought, oh my God, this fight is, is lasting really long. Please take care of my son. And the fight was over <laughs> for ages, but my father forgot to let her know. Oh my and God. she was like mad at him. <laughs> That's a great story. Yeah, but um, my father's like fan number one. He, he watches everything. He has to participate from training camp. Hey, watch this, watch that. This guy does this good, does, this, does that good. Have you noticed this? He's super participate, participative. But my mom, otherwise, doesn't even, doesn't even like to watch the fights afterwards. It's a war to make her watch. Wow. That makes sense. I feel like my parents would be... I feel like both my parents wouldn't want to watch their son in a fight. So I can only imagine it's got to be very intense for them to, to see their son. They in probably want to see you get it, getting beaten. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's, that's what they're afraid of, right? I mean, yeah. it's it's. I, I'm sure it's um, very difficult for your mom to, to think about that um yeah so she cool. saw one one of my fights she, she saw my debut in jungle fight and she said never again wow. never again in my life i'm gonna watch it wait they create life right they don't want to see it get hurt <laughs> yeah and it was a three-round war the knockout came in the third round it was my debut in a big show i was only one and oh before that so not much experience, didn't know how to protect myself properly. So I took a lot of beating, gave a lot of beating. And in the beginning of the third round, I could manage to knock him out. But anyway, my mom was so nervous. She said that never again, she's going to watch me fight live. Wow. Makes sense. Um, so we covered that. Um, how about this? When you're walking out to the cage, when they're putting the Vaseline on, checking your gloves, when you're walking into the cage, What's going through your mind exactly? 
I'm, I'm, I'm appreciating that moment. It's like, it's kind of a cliche, but I, I'm in the moment. It's like, but, but, but I, unless I can explain you why. Because people just say, I'm in the moment, I'm in the moment, I love that so much. But people don't quite, don't, don't properly describe why. And, I, and I, I think I figured a way to explain why. Put yourself in the place of a swimming guy. You could go to a pool right now and swim like you're in the, in the Olympics. Put yourself in a golf player. You can go right now to a field and strike a hole in one as if you were in the World Championship Cup. But we MMA fighters, we only can fight the MMA itself during the fight night. It's only in that moment. In the gym, we put a lot of big gloves, a lot of equipment, elbow, elbow, Pass. elbow guard, elbow guards, shin guards, knee guards, you know, helmets, sometimes belts. So it's not the MMA itself. Yeah, the ape, the apex, the apex of MMA. We just can't feel it in the day of the fight night. So if you don't love the night of your fight, you don't love MMA at all, bro. When you are about to go in the cage with four ounces gloves and no protection, this is the only time that we are unchanged. Yeah, this is the only time that our 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 whole abilities are are not coughed. You know. So it is amazing to think that there is another crazy fuck to go in there with me and allow me to put my bones on his face, you know? Yeah. So it's amazing. Great, great answer. Um, I have some fun questions um, that I wanted to ask you too. Um, if a burglar broke into your house, like someone trying to steal oh, your stuff, shit. how would you deal with it? Are we talking submission, KO? Are you going to... I, probably KO as fast as I could, you know. Okay. Um, have you ever had to use your fighting skills in a street situation when you weren't expecting to, or but it yes, happened? and I'm not and I'm not proud of it, but yes, I, I had to defend people before and I have to defend myself from mugglers as well. But I, I don't I don't like to encourage people doing this. I just just would like to disencourage people to to try to mug muggle other persons, you know. It's not, it's not nice, bro. It's not nice, bro. Just generate some value. Just, just work, you know? So you, you're, are you from Rio or do you currently live in Rio? Yes. I don't look like, but I'm from Rio. <laughs> so, um, I presume like the, there can be some, you know, um, more street incidents there. I mean, it's such a, there's such a culture of sports there too, and of fighting and capoeira and BJJ, mm -hmm. obviously. So I presume it's, you know, it's easy Even to run into yeah well of course yeah um i pres just presume it's easy to get into those situations with other you know high testosterone oh, yeah. men who know how to fight street, street fights happen a lot here in brazil especially in clubs in these night parties where people are super drunk it, it's yeah. common for you to be here we are chatting and oh yeah it's a good night and all of a sudden blah blah blah, blah someone start beating the fuck out of each other right on your side wow. and you just step step away you know just give a little step away watch it <laughs> to the end and okay nice that's it it's, it's common here but i don't like being involved in this there there's been years since i had to defend myself in the street because i i've learned how to prevent it you know i'm not exposed to situations where it might happen so i i avoid drinking at, at the street you know i drink at my place in safe places in my friends places in a private party Okay, but I, I avoid drinking and, and 
getting drunk, never, not even in my place. Mm-hmm. I drink, but I don't like the sensation of losing my mobility, losing my reflexes, my my balance. I don't like it. Good. Yeah. That leads into another good question. What's your, obviously you have a diet plan. Maybe you have people that help you with it that you can touch mm-hmm. on, but what's more of your philosophy about diet? Cause obviously you have to cut weight before the fight. You have to be in amazing shape. You have to be putting good stuff in your body. How do you approach that kind of more philosophically? How do you think about your food and how do you, you know, stay healthy and, and eat right? Especially water. I think it's like, I, I had a, a time in my life that I didn't drink much water and I started being disciplined with the amount of water that I drink daily and the difference it made to my whole system. Even my, my, the quality of my sleep was mm-hmm. huge. So I eat good. I don't eat red meat, you know, so I, I don't skip training. So I, I make all my calories statements that, that I need. And it's it's kind of easy to me, actually. Of course, it's not nice to be wanting to eat something and and not being able to because yeah. of the diet. But other than that, it's okay for me. I know I cut a lot of weight to go to to featherweight, but I still managed to do that good in a good shape, in a good mood. And I walk to to the scale without help. You know, I don't need to be dragged to the scale, and I keep passing out. It, it doesn't happen with me. Of course, sometimes we see a little bit dark because of the the low blood pla- blood pla- because of the low blood pressure. Mm-hmm. The sauna does that to us. It's normal, you know. But usually, I, I have no health issues. I dry out of fat really fast. And the rest is preparing my my body to sauna, to dehydration, you know? Mm-hmm. Got it. So you do you have a dietitian or someone that cooks for you? Or it sounds like you don't think I, about food very much. Oh, yes. I, I have a, a nutritionist. She gives me the, my diet plan and I just have to follow it. Sometimes I do some adaptations based on what I prefer to eat or not. But mm-hmm. I am always counting calories and nutrients. It's It's kind of simple. Cool. Um, let's see here. Who are your biggest mentors? I know you mentioned joining, um, sorry, which gym was it that you joined when you were 18? What? I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me just re-ask you the question. Who are your biggest mentors? My biggest mentors. Mm, yeah. What, what, what do you mean when you say mentors? Someone you look up to or that you would ask advice from or that you respect a lot and that you gain a lot. As a, as a fighter, as a fighter inside the cage is Anderson Silva. Undoubtedly, it's like, for me, he is the, the GOAT, the greatest of all times, followed by John Jones, if I might say. But man, it's like the, the, the things he, he did inside of the octagon, you know. But I don't know him. I don't know him as a person. I know I, I met him sometimes. Okay. I trained with him a couple of times, but I don't know him as a person in, intimately. So I, I couldn't go to him and ask for advice. Nowadays, the, the person that advises me the most is Rafael Feijão. He's former Strike Force world champion. He, yeah. fought, he fought Bellator. He fought the, the UFC. And he's managing athletes. And he's now the Brazilian CEO of LFA Brazil. So... He's a very well-rounded guy, not only in fights, because he's a Muay Thai black belt, a Jiu-Jitsu black belt. He's so good at attacking and defending wrestling, not only on that, but on business world. 
that surrounds MMA. So nowadays he's one of my three managers. I'm with him, uh, Ed Soares and Jorge Guimarães, known as Joinha. So they are a team that are managing me. But for sure, he's the top one guy that I go when I'm in doubt of anything or must choose a path. Got it. Um, so are you? Are, would you say that your goal right now is to make it to the UFC? Yes, it is. this is one of my goals. We have smaller goals and bigger goals. I have one main goal in my life, of course, but being UFC champion would be amazing for me to help accomplish this other goal, you know? So... Aljamain Sterling is the current champion, or sorry, that's Bantamweight, the current champion Peter Yan lost to, I sound like a terrible MMA fan, dude, I should have been more prepared for this. Volkanovski. Volkanovski, who's going up to fight um, Islam, which I wanted to ask you about. Yes. So, when you're training, are you thinking of Volkanovski or of the other UFC featherweights? I mean, obviously, you have to train for the fight you have, but... Is yeah. that ever kind of the, I've got to be ready for that not, guy? Not, not always. Not always I'm training to a guy in a specific, you know. Not, not always I'm on camp. Sometimes I'm just training. Sometimes I'm just polishing my skills. Yeah. And of course, if you, if you don't think on the top guys, where is your mind when you're training, you know? So, of course, I think on Volkanovski. Cool. Um, and you're obviously, how tall are you? You're like 5'8", five 5'9"? Five you're a tall guy. 5'11". But you're 5'11", wow, because you really, you've got that, you lower your stance for... Yes, yes, yeah. I, I like I like keeping my, my feet apart. I don't like closed feet. Mm -hmm. it, it disturbs my, my movement, you know? When yeah. I'm striking, I like separate feet. It, yeah. it comes from, from karate. Yeah, yeah. No, I love your yeah, stance. It's crazy because it hides your height, and I'm just thinking, like, you have such a different body type than Volkanovski. It would be, be an interesting-looking fight for sure. And then yeah, but, you... but he, he's not that tall, but he's long, right? Yeah. That motherfucker has long arms. Yeah. Yeah, he has a similar <laughs> reach to the guys he's fighting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, I have long arms as well. I, you... I have like, I, I don't know my reach in, in foot and inches, but I know in centimeter, centimeters, it's like 194 centimeters. It's almost two meters yeah, of, yeah. of reach. I'm six foot two, which is like 185 centimeters. So your reach is taller mm -hmm. than me then yes crazy um and then what do you think about islam and volk do you think volk has a chance in that fight of course he has a chance but other than that i'm rooting so bad for volkanovsky oh my god yeah i don't like this russian way of fighting i <laughs> I, I don't like i don't like how how the rules in favors that this kind of of fight game because it's not a fight game it's a anti-fight game I don't like it. I don't like it. I, I don't like when guys fight to try to to block the other's guy game. I like mm -hmm. when when they are fighting to finish. And I, I don't see this that much in, on those Russians. I don't like this Russian way of, of fighting. I, I, I will always I will always be rooting against them, not because I dislike them, but because I love MMA and I want to see MMA as the number one sport in the world. So right. I would love the rules to change. I would love to be able to kick those guys in the face when they are with the, their knee on the ground. I don't know why we cannot do this. Mm -hmm. the, the rules should have been evolved by this time. Come on, they, they put the knee on the ground as a, as a form of defense. They, they, mm -hmm. assume, they assume a vulnerable position because we cannot attack them when they're there on, that, on this position. So, so, they, so they are putting their, their selves on a vulnerable position on purpose to defend themselves. It, it makes no sense. You know, it's... It, it's twisted. I, I think MMA should have should have been evolved by this time. 
I, uh, yeah, that's an interesting topic that I don't think is very spoken of in the mainstream about kneeing or kicking a, a downed opponent and that whole, you know, if they put their hand on the ground in some one, states. One championship, counts. one championship. You might not stomp on people's head when they, when they are with their back on the ground. Okay, okay. If they're with their back or their belly on the ground, okay, let's be humans. Okay, not, not kick their, their faces when they are with the face on the ground. Okay, I get that. But come on, man, you are standing up with the tip of your, your toes, with the tip of your fingers on the ground, and I suddenly cannot kick your face. And you keep going to that position to put, to put me in doubt, and I have to, to come closer to try to punch you, and then you grab my leg. Fuck that, you know. Just, just, it doesn't, it doesn't suit me. Uh, I think MMA should have been evolving by now. That's a, that's a super interesting topic. I mean, I used to have the same criticisms watching Khabib. Like, it's kind of boring. He's extremely good. He ties them up. He's got the, you know, wrist control in every position and ground and pound until he wins or decision. And then what you notice is everyone is so scared of their takedowns. And now Islam, Habib, their striking got better. So Habib knocked Connor down. Islam knocked Charles down. So they look amazing now, but it all came from that kind of fear of if this guy takes me down, I can't do anything on the ground. When, when we defend those guys' takedowns and we get up, and we got the back of their heads on our hands like this. They put the fucking hand on the ground. And we cannot kick them on the face or knee them on the face. They are protected by the rules. Right. And this, this way of fighting is so, so fucking boring. And the rules keeps protecting them. We cannot, we cannot elbow like this, turn up to down. We yeah. cannot knee them, kick them when they are with their knees or their hands on the ground. So... It, this this type of game will keep thriving because the rules are protecting them and it's not good for the spot at all because it's boring to watch i yeah the 12 to 6 thing is very strange obviously joe rogan has talked about that for you know 10 15 years or more but um then would you be more interested in fighting for one if the rule set is such a problem for you i want the the ufc because it's the biggest bigger platform but the rules of one for sure are better for me, for sure. I would love UFC to have the the one rules, of course. And then this is also another tough question, um, but you're not in the UFC, so it might be a little more casual to talk about it, but it's the question of fighter pay. And before I even ask you about it, my take on fighter pay, because I'm more on the free market side, I believe in the free market, but the UFC obviously kind of have a monopoly and mm -hmm. they can pay their fighters whatever they want. And like you just said, um, it's the biggest platform. I want to go there, even though I don't like the rules as much. And I see the solution as some kind of way to let fighters have sponsors. Because if the UFC, you know, can't afford it, if it's the bottom line for them, at least something on the shorts or something in the post-fight interview, because that would be a free way for the UFC to let the fighters monetize. So mm -hmm. that's my take on it is there's got to be a way to help these people um, train full time, have coaches be paid for. Mm -hmm. And I think the sport would grow better if fighters didn't have side jobs and could at least focus on training more. So with all that said, that's my opinion on it. What's your opinion on fighter pay? Does the LFA treat you differently than, than um, another organization that you fought for? It's like people, people, for example, here in Brazil, people complain that male soccer players makes tons of money and female soccer players don't right but same way female models make tons of money and male <laughs> models don't why because of the the amount of money they bring into the game yeah is connor is connor bad paid was ronda rousey bad paid 
Was Minotauro bad paid? Was mm -hmm. Johnny Bon Jones bad paid? They weren't. Why? Because they bring too much money to the game. They made their value. I intend to be a fighter that make my value. I don't want to go to Dana White crying like a baby. Oh, you pay me bad. I want to be worth of money. And they, and they will pay my money because otherwise I will leave the game. They, they, they will pay my money. I'm, I'm, I'm sure of that. But fighters don't sell. Most of Brazilian fighters, like 95 of Brazilian fighters, don't even fucking speak English. There's a language barrier. They just, they just complain, oh, I'm bad paid, I'm bad paid. Be better, man. Bring money into the game. Be a better product, you know. You, are, you, are, you, you gotta see, your, see yourself as a company. Be a good company. So your product is worth of money. Love it. Um, and then I don't know how much this would impact, this would be something that you personally do. It could be more of a general question, but do a lot of fighters do like either coaching or classes or like, um, I, I was, I've always wondered this, like how much are fighters involved in their gym in order to bring in additional income? Cause I really think about that. Like the guy making 10 and 10, he's been in the UFC. People kind of know him, but he's not making money as a fighter. So is there a lot of a culture of like gyms helping fighters teach or, you know, promote themselves like that? Here in Brazil, usually people are way fucked up. People have jobs aside that has nothing to do with, with fighting. I myself, thank God I don't need it. I have a salary of my paid by my team. I have my sponsors and I have a class that I lesson here in my place. I have some students that I like teaching. I have 10 students. It stops. I, I don't accept more than 10 students. I lesson two times a week, just on Tuesday and Thursday for one hour and a half. And this is my pleasure. I like doing it. I will never stop teaching. And other than that, it's training for me. It's like, thank God I have my sponsors. I have my, my team salary and it's enough for me. And of course, I want to make more, mm -hmm. but I can, I can live good of what I'm making right now. I love hearing that. That's great to hear. Like it, re it reassures me because I, I really worry about you know, the people like we're going to miss out on amazing talent if they don't have the, you know, time and money to dedicate to, yes, yes. to MMA. That's bad. That That's why some, some I don't know the, the exact word in, in English, but I think it's pupil, the, the guy you are training. Pupil, yeah. Pu pupil. So I have some pupils that I, I like. I like to help even financially so they can provide better for themselves to to enhance their their reach you know on mma beautiful well i'm out of um questions here was there anything else you wanted to talk about anything you want to promote anything you have coming up oh on may i'm gonna be fighting again i don't know if it is it is for the lfa belt or the contender or if some spot will be opened in the ufc i don't know I hope to go straight forward to the UFC. Of course, it's closer to my goal. But whatever comes, I'm ready for it. And I'm on fire, man. I've been training so much. I've been so disciplined. I'm ready, ready to deliver another knockout. Awesome. Well, we're going to be watching you. Thank you for making time for us. Uh, you guys have been watching INC Live. Take care.